Welcome to the Newson Health Menopause Podcast. I'm Dr. Louise Newson, a GP and menopause specialist, and I'm also the founder of the Menopause Charity. In addition, I run the Newson Health Menopause and Wellbeing Clinic here in Stratford-upon-Avon. So today I'm absolutely thrilled, honoured and delighted to introduce to you a guest who I hope all of you know just by her first name actually, but I will use her surname as well. So I have with me um, remotely, of course, Lorraine Kelly. So hi, Lorraine. Thanks so much. Hi, Louise. It's so good to talk to you. Do you know, it's really interesting. I have quite ambitious targets, as you probably know. My mission at the moment is to improve the global health of women. So it's quite a big target. But a few years ago, I went to a conference and it was my first menopause society conference. And um, they were full of very learned, very, very clever people far more clever than me, talking about the menopause, obviously, because it was a menopause conference, talking about the safety of HRT. And I thought, yeah, this is great. This is what I know. But women aren't getting it. There's only 10% of women Mm. in the UK getting it. I thought, what should I do? How can I help? And I thought, right, I'm going to play with the media. And I always have these goals that I think are completely unachievable, but I'll try my best because there's no harm trying. And one of them, I thought, right, wouldn't it be good to sit on Lorraine Kelly's sofa and just talk to people about the menopause because I think she seems so lovely and so down to earth. Her talking about it will be far better than me doing a big research project. And um, <laughs> and I feel very privileged that I've been on your show not once, but I think four times now. I don't quite know how I manoeuvred myself, actually, to come to you. But... Oh, I think it worked out really well because, you know, I'd been going through it myself anyway and I'd found that nobody wanted to talk about it I found it really bizarre you know other women in the public eye seem to sort of shy away from it some of them who shall remain nameless I think had this idea that it would make them seem old and over the hill and not in their prime and actually of course if you get the right treatment if you're lucky enough to find someone like you and you get the right treatment you really are all of these things you you, you feel energized you feel fantastic I mean honestly I thought I'd lost myself I remember sitting talking to you about it and saying I don't know what's going on here I don't understand I don't there's no reason for me to feel like this and of course you think about mental health of course you do and I can understand that if I had gone to a GP with the symptoms I was showing I wouldn't be surprised if they put me on antidepressants I wouldn't have been surprised by that but of course it was totally the wrong thing to do and as you say that's happening to far too many women isn't it? Absolutely and I think it is really hard because as women we're not constantly monitoring ourselves and looking at our symptoms and thinking we just get on with stuff. And then other people don't necessarily know. And it's quite it's quite hard to say, oh, actually, Louise, you're looking really awful. You're looking really down. It's quite difficult. Mm. And it is easier now to talk about mental health. But then I think menopause, ha- it's always been hot flushes and sweats. And yeah. in fact, a few years ago for a, a, something I was doing with Channel 4, we actually did some filming in Birmingham with a placard saying menopause and we stopped people to say, what do you think of it? What is it? And all the, a lot of people just turned away. They didn't want to um, be engaged, which you can understand. But then they all said hot plushes, sweats, something yeah. that old people get. Because if you Google menopause, it's an old grey-haired woman like running down the beach, isn't it? Absolutely, which of course is nothing like what we are now. I mean, we're all taking better care of ourselves. We're all living longer. And of course, we're going to have a lot more of our lives living with the menopause. But honestly, for, from my point of view, the HRT that you prescribed to me 
was an absolute game changer. I mean, it was quite remarkable how quickly I felt better. And also a lot of people, you know, because people are nice and they're not going to say to you, oh, you, you know, you're, you're being a bit grumpy or you're not yourself. But one of my really good colleagues at work who I trust implicitly, she said to me, I'm a little bit worried about you. You're Aww. flat. Mm. She just said, you're flat. It's mm. not like you. You know, normally you're full of curiosity and, you know, full of passion for what you do and always interesting. I still was. Mm. I think it would have taken somebody that knows me really well to know that. But that was the symptom for me. I just felt really flat. I didn't so much get the hot flushes. Not so much of that, a little mm. bit. But it, for me, it was like not sleeping well yes. and, you know, just not being able to concentrate, you know, literally sitting there sometimes live on air and forgetting what I was doing next. Mm. Which is, and, when you're yeah, live telling, it's not a good thing, is it? Not a good thing, you know, so grasping for words, you know, and all of that. And it was my husband as well, because obviously it affects the men in our life too. And he was really worried about me. And he, he just said, you're just not yourself. I don't know what's going on here. And when you did prescribe the HRT and it was absolutely the right sort of balance for me, I always remember he said, I've got you back. Yes. It was like, I've got you back. Yeah. And he, I mean, you you were on HRT already, weren't you? Yes, but it wasn't enough. It was, I, I talked, yeah, I talked about it with Dr. Hillary, who was brilliant. Mm, absolutely. About anything. Mm. I don't think I could show him everything, but we can talk about it, which is fine. And we talked about it, and I had got the HRT patch, mm. and that really helped yes. for a little while. But you see, I had this thing that I thought, all oh, right, okay, so I put that on, and that's me now. But I had no idea that things can change, no. and, the body can change. and that's exactly right. And I'm doing some quite high level work with NHS England at the minute, and someone was saying, well, a lot of people give up HRT because it doesn't work for them, or it causes side effects, mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And actually, it's because it's not the right type or dose for them. And a lot of people think, you know, you take paracetamol for a headache, you take HRT for menopause, but as you know, there are different hormones, but there are different doses, different strengths, different formulations. And you're absolutely right. Some people find that what they're given initially is brilliant and then their body's requirements change so your your body mm-hmm. produces some hormones and then what often happens is any reserve you have in your body just goes because your ovaries run out of hormones because that's what happens as we age so people can be plateauing sometimes for a few years and then suddenly they go the HRT is not working well it is working it's just not working enough and so that's why it's really important that Women have individualised advice, they get reviewed regularly. And if they are having symptoms, then they need to get help again. And it's it's very difficult, isn't it? Because then you could think, well, am I depressed? Am I anxious? Is there something else? And I remember you saying to me, but I should be happy, Louise. I've got nothing to be sad for and I feel so joyless. And, mm-hmm. you know, I hear that all the time. A lady said to me in my clinic, I just feel dead inside. Yes. And yes. that sums it up really, doesn't it? It really, really does. And do you know what was remarkable though when you came on that first time? The reaction we got mm. on the show. And we always get a really good reaction to items that really hit home. But this was overwhelming. And I thought there are so many women out there who are suffering in silence, who are delighted that we're talking yes. about it. You know, that's so grateful that we were talking. I mean, I have women to this day that come up to me and say, you know, what I saw a couple of years ago on your show has absolutely changed my life. Yes. And I don't know what I would have done. And you think, for goodness sake, you know, this is ridiculous. Mm. We should have been talking about this years ago. So I remember you did a week with, or there was a few yeah. days with Dr. Hillary, and it was fantastic. And I remember one of my friends texted me and said, you need to go on. And I was like, how, yeah. how do I do that? Yeah, we did that week. And that was absolutely remarkable because, again, mm. that reaction was quite astonishing. It got 
what was really good was it was sparking off conversations conversations between you know wives and husbands partners mm. I had a good conversation with my daughter I mean I know she's incredibly young still but you know it will happen and talking about it I talked mm. to my mum about it. we'd never had that conversation me and my mum we yeah. just never talked about it. it just wasn't the kind of thing that you did you know, yes. I sailed through I sailed through and I said well mm. did you and when she got back she went actually no I didn't it was quite hard yeah, you see, it's interesting, isn't it? So my mother has been on HRT for 30 odd years and she was a teacher, in fact, she still works now, but she was incredibly tired, like you're describing, you know, she just didn't feel right. And this was a long time ago in the in the 80s and my father actually died when I was nine. So she was young, left with three children. She was working, trying to get things together and was tired. And everyone said, well, you will be, you know, you've got a lot going on. So she went to a doctor who she's entirely grateful for to this day, who said, oh, I think you need HRT. And she didn't even know what it meant. <laughs> but then you don't ask your doctor then in the 80s, do you? You just do what yes. you're told. And she said, within weeks, I just felt back to me again and I could teach and it was my brain was working and, and she's never come <laughs> off it and I've never let her come off it. And it's great, but she's she's fit and strong and she's active and, you know, she's she's very different to some of her friends, sadly, who aren't so, but they're not taking HRT. So I've always come looking at my mother and also my mother-in-law who also takes HRT thinking, these are strong women, actually, and maybe they'll be strong anyway. But but I've always thought, how wonderful. But it wasn't until I started my clinic, as you know, I have a private clinic because I can't get a job in the NHS doing menopause work. And then I, I suddenly saw women from all over the country who hadn't just had a few weeks of symptoms, they'd had years of symptoms, and they were giving up their jobs, their partners had left them, some of them suicidal, you know, every week as extras, we see suicidal women, I saw one yesterday in my clinic who had had her ovaries removed and then started to self-harm and tried to kill herself so she was sectioned in the to a hospital and told she's mad and she had to increase her antidepressants and she knew it wasn't and you know these stories I just think this is actually cruel and barbaric that women are being denied an evidence-based treatment I'm not saying we should give people expensive treatment or treatment that's not got any evidence behind it or any data behind it we've got really good evidence that it not just improves symptoms but it improves future health and reduces mortality actually and we've also got evidence it reduces death from breast cancer so what else do they need what other evidence do they need to show it's just so frustrating it is frustrating and it must be so frustrating for you because you have got all of that information at your fingertips and it's unfortunate, isn't it, that there was this kind of scare story. Absolutely. That, that kind of because when I say to people who aren't as well informed and who who haven't really looked at all the data, because you know that a lot of people don't. A lot of people they just don't, and they go, "Oh no, right. HRT, no, no, no." I've heard that that can increase, you know, this and that and the next thing. Yes. And you say, "Well, where did you hear it? And when have you heard it? And when was that?" And mm. then that's going back like twenty years, which is just crazy, you know. That's right. And actually, I just recently recorded a podcast with a professor from America who was one of the investigators from this study right. that everyone was scared of, that WHI study. And it's quite scandalous what happened because the results were leaked to the press before they were analysed properly. Yeah. It was a billion dollar, not million, billion dollar study. They weren't getting the results they were hoping. So they sort of had to make something right. to almost stop it, I think, to prove, you know, what actually. So a small group of them went off published this data to try and show about breast cancer and it went straight to the breast mm. and that was it nail in the coffin 
the other investigators tried to stop it, but it had already been printed. And then the evidence has been re, 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 re-examined mm. and they still can't prove there's a statistically significant increase in breast cancer. But the women who just take oestrogen, who've now been followed up for 18 years, have a lower risk of breast That's cancer. That's incredible, isn't it? And we don't see that. Yeah. We don't see, well, we do see it getting shouted by you. That's the thing. But the trouble is, as you well know, oftentimes, particularly when it's stories about health, they'll go for the headline. And actually, mm. it's very difficult. Once that genie's out of the bottle, it's very, very It's really hard. And once, it's really once people hard. have lost that sort of trust, if you like, which is why it's so important what you're doing. Because it mm. is, you know, every sing- I'm sure every single day you have to answer these kinds of questions. And that will last quite a long time, I think. But do you find that women, yeah. younger women, are much more... I guess accepting are much more open-minded and mm. you know we make our decision don't you've always said that that it's up to you whether you take it or yeah, not but make sure you're well informed make sure that you have all of that information because you can only make a decision if you've got all of that I think so I think there is a lot more education and I think people are talking more as you know having daughters they're a lot more open they talk a lot more you know openly with us with their friends with their, their peers and everything else which is great but they only talk about what they know. And if they don't know, then it can be yeah. very difficult. But I think, you know, we've got to remember also one in 100 women under the age of 40 have an early menopause. That's true. And you know, do and so, that. They do forget yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. So I see patients, my youngest patient's only 19, and she had a cancer when she was 14. Right. And that damaged her ovaries. So she was put into the menopause. You know, I see young women who've had cancer treatments, young women who have had their ovaries removed for other causes. So they're still menopausal, but a lot of people think, oh, you're too young to be menopausal. But the young ones are often well-informed, but they still can't get the right help often, and they would benefit more for their health with HRT. So it's the impact, isn't it, on the bigger picture? It's, It's bad enough as a woman, but then for our family, for our partners, for our work is really hard. And I know you've got the most adoring and adorable <laughs> husband who uh, didn't know what to do you know that was no and he's again no. never been you know he was like I think he said my mum obviously went through that and he said and I do remember looking back when she was about sort of mid-40s to sort of early 50s that she was a nightmare <laughs> she was an absolute nightmare <laughs> and now he said I understand why because they don't and that's the thing it's it's all very well for us to be educated women to be educated it's so oh, difficult men, and, no. and also the medical profession, as you said, not yeah. always enlightened as you. And I tend to find younger GPs are much better, but they're still, it's almost like they kind of go, oh, yeah, that, but they don't know enough about it. They don't know enough. No, I absolutely agree. And as you know, I've got a not-for-profit company doing research and education, and we're doing a lot to really help. And to sort of help, we had a meeting today actually about working with a company to give them the guidance. So because you open that book, you know, that BNF that we all have, the British National Formula, and you look at HRT and I don't even know what half of them are and they've got all these risks that aren't real on them. So it's really scary for doctors when you're busy. You don't know what to prescribe. So we're trying to make it really really easy that's a really good idea because I mean some of them just don't know and it's hard you know it's quite difficult to pluck up the courage to go to your GP and then when you go there and they don't really know Mm. what to do with you and then there's always this thing as well like so many women especially the older generation say oh well it's just something you've got to put up with and there definitely definitely is that I mean I had a message on my Instagram as you know I'm quite active on Instagram and um there was a message from a lovely lady and she said 
I've watched you on Lorraine. I've downloaded your podcast. I've watched your videos. I've read your book. I've got your app. I've downloaded everything I could. Went to my doctor and they said, perhaps you should buy relaxation tape on Amazon. This is a natural process you'll just get through. And she said, and I, I don't know where else to go. I'm in a single-handed practice with one doctor. And that's really difficult, actually, really hard for these poor women because then they have nowhere else to go. And it is certainly, like you say, it's about choice. We choose what we eat. We choose whether we drink alcohol or whether we... And as a doctor, I feel like I'm a patient's ambassador. I can't tell them what to do or not to do, but I can guide them and help them and support them and educate them. And if there's good evidence for something then obviously we should promote it. If someone wants something that's really risky, but they still want it, we have to talk through and then they can still have a treatment or refuse a treatment if it's going to do more harm, as long as they understand. So it is a lot about education, but I think there's a real appetite. So when I lecture doctors and nurses and pharmacists, they really actually want to know more because it is very transformational medicine. It's very rewarding. I love my clinic because... People feel better, like you know, quite quickly. But you also, I know as a doctor, I'm not just making them feel better and helping them keep their partners and keep their job, but I'm also investing in their future health. So as you know, you're less likely to get heart disease, osteoporosis, diabetes, dementia, you're less likely to be obese, which is great because there's no other area in medicine I can give a really cheap treatment and it will tick all those boxes. So we were talking earlier about how hard it is to talk about it in public. And obviously you've been fantastic. Davina is fantastic. There's Lizelle. There's some really amazing people talking about it. But there's a lot of people that aren't. And it must be very difficult when you're in the spotlight. Everyone's looking at you. But actually, it does seem mad that it's not spoken about more, isn't it? Because it, it, you know, it happens to all women at the end of the day. I know, I know it is strange, but I do think attitudes have changed dramatically. And I think you've been really, really helpful to change those attitudes. Because like I say, before we talked about it on the show, there were some pretty high profile women who didn't mm. want to be part of it because, you know, it was like, oh, no, that's just something that makes you feel old. You know, like I was saying, it makes you feel which of course it doesn't and it should just be treated as the next stage in your life but at the same time the next stage in your life that you can do something about that you don't just have to put up with it you know that you can do things which is why it is so important to know what's out there you know whether if you find out about HRT and then you think it's not for you that's fine but for goodness sake don't just dismiss it out of hand make sure that you know as much as you possibly can about it and that's you know that's where you come in that's why I think the app that you've got is so important because that's something that you can do in your house by yourself Mm. get all that information and you know what it's like if you've got information you do feel far more empowered you don't feel as if it's all happening to you you do something about it and and that's really important as you know when it comes to your health but every time we do the menopause we get the most extraordinary Mm. reaction there is nothing like it it is quite extraordinary It, it really is and and has been a great thing. There's almost like a, a community now, you know. And yes. I just wish, though, that there were more facilities like yours because that is a lifesaver. It really is. Well, I mean, it is. And, I, you know, we had another meeting tonight because we've got such a long waiting list and we've now got, you know, 31 doctors with us and more wanting to join. But there's, you know, a lot that can be done with the right training. And especially nurses are really, I think, really key in this because, as you know, nurses have 
run all sorts of clinics such as asthma clinics and contraception clinics and they're really well well placed to help with menopause as well and obviously they're cheaper for the NHS they have longer appointments they're often there you know 40% of the NHS workplace are menopausal women see that when you say that extraordinary isn't it I've just I'm just going to talk in a few weeks time to a Facebook group this is really sad of 800 doctors who are menopausal wow so this is somebody set up someone I know who's a sexual health consultant and also another lady who's a A A&E consultant emergency medicine and they set it up because there is a BMA a British Medical Association report showing that 90% of GPs were having difficulties at work because of their menopause gosh there is a lot of work to be done then isn't there when you think about it you know they're struggling to get help I couldn't get HRT from my GP because they think it's too risky so that's the hardest thing isn't it yeah but but once you get that I mean I know sometimes it must feel as if you're banging your head against a brick wall all Um, the time (laughs) sure you do but the thing is you are the pioneer there are going to be people behind you there's going to be you know medics behind you and experts behind you that will carry on your work you Mm. know it's new territory isn't it in many ways yeah and I think I know the first time I went on your show I got told off by colleagues and I was told off because I don't have media training because I wasn't talking on behalf of a society, a professional organisation, because who do I think I am? I've called myself a menopause expert and I'm just a GP. And then I sort of, I remember after doing something with Liz Earle as well, and I got the same sort of feedback from various colleagues. And I said to my husband, you know, what? I'm going to give this up. I can't do it. I'm not strong enough. And then I do my clinic the next day and I'd speak to a woman who had given up her job who was mm. really struggling with life and I thought you know what I can't stop this is awful actually but I can't stop and actually now I'm really lucky because I've got the most fantastic team of people mm. medics as well I've got a lot of respect and one of my mentors said to me just carry on be persistent consistent all you're doing is reporting the evidence I'm not doing anything else I don't as you know I don't do any paid work with any pharmaceutical company I don't have any you know, and that's really important for people to know. So I feel like the tide is shifting, but but you're right, it's hard when you're trying to say something that people haven't thought. Someone said to me, look, what you're trying to do is change people who don't know they need changing and don't particularly want to change. And and that's really hard, isn't it? And I think when it's about women's health, and I think as women, we we're quite strong and stoic. We just get on with things, don't we? So then it's almost like you say it's a bit of a failure. Oh, you're taking HRT. Oh, dear. Well, could you not cope with your symptoms? And it's like, well, I'm taking HRT because I don't want osteoporosis, actually. Indeed. So, Absolutely. you know, I started taking it because my symptoms were so bad I couldn't work as a doctor. But I actually now, even if I stopped, I might my symptoms might not be there anymore. I've got no idea. But then mm. I don't want my bone to start crumbling. I really want to keep strong. And that's my fear. Other people might be on it because they've got family history of heart disease and they don't want heart disease. You know, there's all sorts of reasons. Yeah. Mm. But my my sort of main narrative with all of this is that women should be allowed a choice. Yes. And we should. Informed choice. You know, that's what it's about. I think that's what's the most important thing. And this choice has been taken away from us almost. And that's what I find very difficult. If we were talking like this, and there were two people wanting HRT that weren't getting it. I, I wouldn't worry. 
but there's not there's thousands if not millions of people and that's I think it's so untapped I think the trouble is that we don't actually know and um, I mean you you're in a position to know more than anybody else but you're absolutely right and it's it's incredible in a way because it just shows that there are people out there that absolutely need help and what's so yeah. frustrating is it can be done and at the yes. end of the day if people really want to be so cold and clinical about it it's actually going to save money and well, it is absolutely that should yes. be your main consideration yeah. I mean, if the, you know if the bean counters and the pen pushers and all the rest of it and the red tape people if they just would listen actually they would end up saving themselves a fortune and get a promotion well you're actually right so I mean uh, with the work I'm doing with NHS England they are looking at cost because that's really important one of my patients kindly spoke to one of the team and this is a lady who'd had symptoms for 10 years she'd been told she had fibromyalgia she worked at quite a high-powered job and then her brain stopped working she couldn't focus she couldn't concentrate so she worked in a veterinary surgery just as a receptionist right but she couldn't remember her login to her password she kept having to ask people so then she decided that she couldn't, this was too embarrassing. So she decided to become a cleaner and she's got nothing against being a cleaner, but she's got a degree and she's, you know, highly qualified. Yeah. But then she had such bad muscle stiffness and weakness that she couldn't clean. So she's given up her job. Meanwhile, she's been back and forth to her doctor hundreds of times. She's had heart tests because she's got palpitations. She's had brain scan because she's got headaches and migraines. She's had urinary symptoms, so she's had tests for urinary tract infections. She's been to a rheumatologist and been diagnosed with fibromyalgia. She's got a drawer full of antidepressants, a cupboard full of other drugs. So each time she goes to the hospital, ka each time she has a test. And actually, so for her, and she's only in her early 50s, so she's had 10 years of awful time but I saw her gave us some dirt cheap HRT it's four quid a month for the NHS she's on two products so okay that's eight quid a month three months later so that's what 24 quid later Mm -hmm. she's going I don't think I've ever had fibromyalgia she said I'm this joy is coming back she's like I think I'm happy I'm not irritable I I wanted to think about a job and I just think oh Really, this is such a shame. It is, so, and that's changed our life. That's completely changed yeah. our life. It really does. I mean, if you get the right diagnosis, which you did for me, it just, honestly, and it happens quickly. Mm. That's the thing. It's not like, you know, other medication can take a long, long time to kick in. But this is, I know it's different, but for me, it was it was relatively quickly. I would say that it felt like the, the clouds lifting, mm. the sunshine coming in actually, reasonably fast and 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 changing every day and getting better every day no and it and it is trying to reach like you say other countries even america you think would be better but it's very hard to get hrt the type of hrt i'm on would cost about eight hundred dollars a month someone told me the other day i mean i couldn't afford that you can't afford that i don't know so much money and that and it should Um, never be about that should it it should never about that when you're trying to be the best you no. can and, and I've been mentoring a doctor who works in Dubai because it's actually it's impossible to get HRT because they won't make much money out of it they've made it almost illegal we've managed to find a way of them getting it now and she emailed me today so I started to become really busy but she works with a pelvic floor physiotherapist right. and some of the women her pelvic floor physiotherapist sees it's so uncomfortable. They can't even use a little pessary for their vaginal dryness. They can't sit oh. down. Yet they're expected to have sex with their partners. Oh, that's so, ridiculous. Know, it? It really it's, is. It's absolutely. It's it is. <laughs> it's, 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 
You know. So we've got such a long way to go, but we're starting and the conversation's going. So the conversations are happening. Yes. Yeah, we're having conversations. Our viewers are getting in touch still to this day. Obviously, come on, there's a big spike, but mm. it's always bubbling away. You know, it's always, yes. always bubbling away. And and I, what really I find very gratifying is when women say, look, I went to my GP and I sat there and I demanded, you know, <laughs> and, and I'm like, good on you. Which That's is perfect. That's the way it should be. Yes, yeah, no, it, it's it's brilliant, and um, I'm really grateful for you spending your time, Lorraine. And um, I think it ha- does have this Lorraine effect. I think when people <laughs> have, uh, because it gives them confidence. And I think, as you know, as a perimenopausal or menopausal woman, our confidence goes, our self esteem goes, really our feelings of self worth go. And if someone says to you, "You need an antidepressant," of course you take it. If yeah. someone says to you, you can't have HRT, you say, oh, okay. And, no. you know, I get scared going to a doctor because I think I'm wasting their time often. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I just think, oh, they're so important. They're so busy. Da, da, da. So you can understand. But then if Lorraine Kelly can take HRT, then actually I can too. Thanks very well, much. You exactly. know. <laughs> and, and it was good. And I actually found it really, actually very liberating to share mm-hmm. that because what we did was Dr. Hillary sort of interviewed me because, like I said, we can yeah. do it. So I said, well, I'll do it. I'll talk about it. I don't mind. And it's good, and, and my viewers are, are fantastic, and they really trust me. And if I'm yeah. talking about it, they're kind of like, it, it just, do you know what? If it's helped, you know, if it's helped a handful of women, that's great, but you have helped so many, and of course, we'll continue. Because it's a ripple effect, Louise. Yeah, of course, it's it is. A ripple effect. And there will be, you know, young doctors now who want to go into this area for all kinds yeah. of reasons. And, you know, it's just at the moment, I guess you, you have to be kind of wading through glue to make that path easier. You know, it's like you're going through the jungle, you know, your machete, but you're making it easier so right. for people that are coming behind you. Oh, I hope so. Really? I hope so. Yeah. No, you are. Oh, well, so before we finish, I always do, I didn't tell you, I didn't warn you at the beginning, I always do three take-home tips, really. So three tips for women who have listened to you, maybe, think, Actually, I'm going to try it because Lorraine says it's okay. Yeah. I'm going to try some HRT. What three things would you say to help them? I would say, yeah, first of all, get all the information you possibly can. I mean, you've got so much information on, on your website and on the app. Make sure that you've got that. That's really, really important. And if for any reason it doesn't work, if you go to your GP and it doesn't work, try again. Don't feel defeated and don't be fobbed off. Do not be fobbed off and certainly don't be fobbed off by a doctor saying to you, oh, well, you're a bit depressed, you know, because obviously of the world we're living in right now, we're all feeling a bit overwhelmed and getting those anxious feelings at two in the morning and all of that. So don't really, really don't be, because you're doing absolutely the right thing, not just for you, but for everybody that loves you and everybody you come into contact with. And it does have a ripple effect because if you're miserable, you're going to make all your family upset as well. You don't want that. So just really, yeah, go for it. Go for it. Be empowered. Be empowered and go for it. I like that. Empowerment is really, really important. So thank you ever so much. I really appreciate your time, Lorraine. It's been really great. Thank you. Great to talk to you. Always good to talk to you, Louise, and we'll have to have you on very, very soon um, because it's always a joy. Oh, thanks ever so much. For more information about the perimenopause and menopause, you can go to my website, menopausedoctor.co.uk, or you can download our free app called Balance, available through the App Store and Google Play.